Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. We got a great episode here. Playoffs are in full swing. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKay. You already know what the deal is. I'm in fantastic spirits today. Last day of class. You know what the best part about today so far was? There was no better feeling in the world when I was going into today getting this paperback. I was like, okay, if I get a C on this paper, fantastic. I'm happy about it. I'll be fantastic with a C. I got a B fucking plus. Not bad. Oh, I'm so hyped, bro. I'm so <laughs> hyped. I was ready to, to like cancel the class today so I did so I didn't have an F on my transcript. Oh my god. So I am I took a major win today. I'm so happy. Sports are in full the sports season is in full bloom. It's a oh, strange yeah. it's a strange analogy, but you know what I'm saying? The, <laughs> the birds are chirping, the, uh, the the plants are flowering, you know what I'm saying? I'm very excited for this today's episode. Yeah, we got a uh, playoff so far have been fun. There's been a lot of blowouts, but I don't think it's been more blowouts than to be expected previously. And there have been upsets at the same time. Of course. It's been, it's been just a really, I, th- I honestly think it's been a really fun playoff so far, especially after the dud March Madness was. Yeah. March Madness was pretty trash. Just mad so, people missing free throws. Like, that's oh what it was. Oh, my God. I, I think I was texting you after every missed free throw, <laughs> yep. like in all yep. caps. Practice your fucking free throws. It's crazy. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. All right. Pitino needs to come back to college basketball. That's what will fix it. Rick Pitino needs to come back. So let's let's jump into (laughs) one of the games from last night, one of the series that's been going on. Portland OKC. Portland is up two games to zero. They have defended their home court. Uh, Yeah. I, I picked... OKC and I believe five or six. I believe I said I, six. I agree. I, I agreed. And many so people going into the series had a sweep OKC. So obviously they're not going to win. They can't, it's impossible for them to win in five. It's I don't see them winning in six. I could still see them winning in seven just because OKC is such a weird team. Mm-hmm. But on a panic meter, where are you for OKC? I'm at an 8.5. Out of 10? Yeah. Because, okay, I'm at a 9.5. Ooh, because, I mean, looking at last night, Paul George actually had a very good game. But Over Paul 50% George, from the field, 27 but, points. But Paul George is not healthy. You watch him play. He can't He can't shoot. He just he can't shoot. He's, he was 2 for 7 from 3 point. Yeah, like he hit his layups and stuff, but 2 for 7 from 3 point the second game. He was, uh, he was 4 of 15 from 3 point in the first game. OKC... Has made less threes this series than just Damian Lillard. <laughs> That's a crazy statistic. That's a problem. But and I have to say, reason, though, yeah. And I have to say, Lillard has been fantastic. Lillard oh, has something to prove oh, going course. into this series, and he has ball. You see that uh, that three he hit against Felton last night. He like was two, fantastic. Two yeah. crossovers, step back, beat the uh, man. Lillard, Lillard is on a different thought, level, and McCollum showed up in. too. McCollum I showed going up too. into this series that Lillard had a chance to be the best player in the series. It wouldn't have shocked me. I picked, and and we'll get into an awards episode in another episode, or an uh, award predictions in another episode. I have Lillard on my first team, mm-hmm. all NBA. That's a lot of people. So it didn't shock me that he could be the best player in the series. I didn't think he would be the best player in the series by this definitive of a margin. Yeah. And actually, I got to give credit to my man, Enos Cancer, who came through in the first game. He had like, what, 2016? 2018, I believe. Uh, Cancer is nasty. He's even though, because here's the thing. Basketball nerds, I fuck with basketball nerds. There's a lot of good basketball nerds out there. And I can be a basketball nerd, and we can both be basketball nerds at sometimes. But sometimes, the nerds need to stay in their lane. 
And Enos Cantor is a player where I think the nerds need to stay in their lane because all the advanced metrics are against him. But Enos Cantor can bowl at the end of the day. And even though he can't play D for shit, you know what? That guy gets bored. And that guy can, is someone who can say, fuck you to the opposition, which in today's game is not something to be taken lightly. And he can get points, man. Enos Cantor did work. Okay, so a few things about that. Yeah. Enos Cantor's <laughs> been fantastic this series. <laughs> he has been fantastic. There's yeah. no denying that he's been playing the best defense of his life. He's mm-hmm. been rebounding. He's been scoring, mostly in the first game. But, you know, mm-hmm. that being said, there's a reason why Cantor stereotypes exist. Yeah. He is a turnstile on defense for the most part. He's mm-hmm. been great this series. He's been no one ever questioned Cantor's ability to rebound and score. Mm-hmm. No one has ever done that. It's just it all comes down to his defense and effort, and he ha- and he's been very good this series. He has to maintain that defense and effort though to be worth putting on the court. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think the most the most interesting thing about this series so far is this has made me question Russell Westbrook for hugely. He was five of twenty last night, mm-hmm. and I think that this is this is a question that. I, I, did, I would have said a resounding yes to this going into this series. But after watching Westbrook get all around outplayed by Lillard, no doubt about it. And Lillard was giving it back to Westbrook. He wasn't letting Westbrook just body up on him, and he, was, he wasn't just getting let yep. himself run, run over. Like, Lillard is out here. And do you think Russell Westbrook can be the second best player on a championship team? Yes. You do? Yes. I think Absolutely. If, if Westbrook loses the series in five, I say no. I say it doesn't change my opinion at all. Westbrook, Westbrook had a fantastic game one. Uh-huh. 24-10-10, 8-17. He got kind of cooked on defense, but, I mean, he's guarding Lillard, so we'll see. But, yeah, he had a bad game last night. It happens. Everyone has bad games. He shot, he shot 5-20 last night. Uh, during game one, Kyrie Irving shot like six of 18. People just have bad shooting games. I agree with that, but this is a constant, but this is a consistent theme in the playoff career of Westbrook. Look at last year. He shot his team out of the series. It's okay, going to be interesting hold, in these okay, next okay. few, it's going to be interesting in these next few games if he shoots them out of the series again, or if he comes through, steps up and wins the series that his team not, should win. He has not shot them out of the series so this far. Year, what about last year? What about I said, last year? I said so far this year. No, I'm I'm not saying so far this year. I said if he does do it again this year, then okay. I so don't yes, think... last year last year was bad. But here's mm-hmm. the problem: no one else was taking shots on that team last year. You you watched all those games against Utah. No one shot. Everyone just passed it back to him. He passed to Paul George. Paul George immediately passed it back. I don't know. I think Westbrook in that in that last game in, in that last game where Paul where Westbrook took like thirty shots or whatever it was last year, Paul George was like three of seventeen. Yeah, no, no, Paul George didn't. Come it, it, it Paul George has also been very bad in the playoffs these last two years. Just because Westbrook has been bad doesn't mean that everyone else gets an excuse. Paul no, George has been terrible in the playoffs these last two years, other than the first game against Utah. It does. I I agree with that, but. It's, it's, and this year, it's not really his fault. He has a shoulder injury. He's struggling to shoot. He's, we know that he's struggling to lift his arm above his, uh, above his shoulder. Yeah. It's, it's tough. That I being said, so. that being said, 
Yes, Westbrook's shooting last night was terrible, but look at his stats from 2012 to 2016. He is a fantastic player. He's had a down year this year shooting the ball. I think he'll bounce back. I'm not giving up on Westbrook. He plays he plays harder than anyone else on the court. I'm not I'm not giving up on him either. But if but I just don't know if I can see it now as far as him being the second best player on a championship team. I just don't know if I can see that anymore. Westbrook's still a fantastic player, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I would necessarily, and this sounds crazy, but like, I don't really, I don't know if I would really want a point guard who plays like that on my team. I don't know if that's That's a sustainable strategy to win in 2019. That's fair, but if he is on your team, he is more than capable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him necessarily on my team either, but I wouldn't want a lot of players on my team. Yeah, it's just in their situations though they're good. So I, but I think that the big thing in the Portland OKC series, besides Westbrook, besides, um, besides Paul George, because I don't think either of them have been good. Mm-hmm. They have gotten nothing out of anyone on their team. Mm-hmm. Last night, Paul George had 27 points. Pretty good shooting other than his three-point shooting. Yeah. Jeremy Grant, 1 of 7, 0 for 5 from 3. Uh-huh. Terrence Ferguson, 1 for 5 from 3. They made they were 5 for 28 from 3 points. Uh-huh. No one is giving them anything on their team. And when I picked OKC to win this series, I didn't think that Jeremy Grant would be a complete zero uh-huh. on the court. I agree. And it's interesting. One of the most uh, illuminating statistics from last night is the fact that Ferguson was minus 16. Grant was yep. minus 26. And Schroeder was minus 16. I yeah. picked OKC to win this series because I thought their supporting cast was better than Myers, Leonard, and Mo Harkless. Yeah. And Myers Leonard actually had a good game last night. And Myers Leonard had a good game last night. Nerlens Noel had good work last night, too. He's one of my yeah, really, really fun guys to look now, at going into this offseason. I, I actually thought that Portland had a had a better supporting cast. Really? But I just I wasn't confident in their ability to completely D up OKC. And I'm still not confident in their ability to do that. I just think that Paul George not being Paul George. And Jeremy, I mean, seriously, besides besides Steven Adams, I think every player on their team has been a disappointment this postseason. Mm-hmm. And even to an extent, Steven Adams kind of has to. Yeah. Adams it's needs just, to get the ball more, I think, next game, especially whenever he's against cancer. Just throw him the ball and see what happens. Well, he, he can't. He, I wouldn't really want him posting up. But yeah, involve, you got to involve Cantor in the pick and roll as much as possible. But Cantor got into very early foul trouble last night, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also just really important that, like, their entire, uh, almost their their entire starting lineup had just bad plus minus stats. And I yeah. get plus minus isn't everything, but Ray Felton was plus eleven. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, plus minus has to do with who you're playing with and who's on the court with you and who you're playing against. There's a lot that goes into it, but I think it is still a good stat. Their starting their starting five is getting just out just got outworked last night. Yeah. So, so so bottom line with this series. I still think that it go- that it ends up being a pretty long series. O- OKC is much better at home than they are on the road. Mm-hmm. But I think game they, three is an easy. I think game three is going to be a blowout win for OKC. But they need, yeah, they just need to get something out of their supporting cast, literally anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next next series. 
Golden State, Los Angeles Clippers, tied 1-1. Golden State was up 31 points against the uh, the Clippers. They lost. Biggest, uh, biggest comeback in NBA playoff history. Led by Lou Williams, led by Patrick Beverly, led by Montrez Harrell. What a freaking game. Man, that game was crazy. Honestly, I didn't even watch the game. I watched the game when you texted me. I'm, like, yeah, I, think I'm I, I fell asleep, and then you texted me, like, watch the fucking game. Yeah, like, I'm going to be honest. Shit. I turned it off when the, when they got down by, like, 26 or something. And then all of a sudden, I was on Twitter, and it was, like, it was like uh, Clippers, Clippers within 15. And I was like, eh, whatever. And then I saw Clippers within 11. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm turning it on. And thank God I did. And I have to say, if, if Tobias Harris, even if Tobias Harris does resign, with Philadelphia, Landry Shamet, bro. How do that, you? God, that was that's every a huge day loss. that goes by. That trade just looks even worse for Philly. Uh-huh. And I how like Shamet. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say Patrick I like Shamet going into the draft too. Yeah. How do you? How do you not get Patrick Beverly? How do you give up Landry Shamet? And you give up. Um, and you give up the uh, Miami pick. Uh, Elton Brand has to fail that trade in my mind. But anyway, trade aside. This Clippers team is fun. I agree. And I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure that they win another game this series. But maybe maybe they win one more. Maybe they don't. But this team is fun. They I play hard. They don't go away. And you're not going to beat them by phoning it in. And that's what Golden State did late in the game. Absolutely. And I think that this Clippers team is... It, it's. It's so important that... I always say this, but they have multiple guys who can just tell you to your face, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's really important. I absolutely loved what Beverly did to Durant um, yeah. in Game One. As far as his, is as far as Durant is someone who you can get under his skin. You can get under his skin. Oh, of course. Okay, here. So here's a stat from Game Two. Uh-huh. Kevin Durant. What what number player would you say Kevin Durant is in the league in terms of like best players in the league? I mean, what maybe number three, two, two or yeah, three? Yeah, about that. Yeah. He took eight shots last night, or two, or two <laughs> nights ago. That's 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 a lot of Patrick Beverly right there. That's Patrick Beverly doing his thing. That, Chicago in the how building. How is that even possible? How is it possible that Draymond Green took more shots than him, and that Kevon Looney only took two less shots than him, and Quinn Cook only took one less shot than him? These I don't I don't know how that happens. And watching the game, it, it, um, I mean Durant fouled out early, mm-hmm. he, he, but he still played thirty four minutes. There should be way more than eight shots taken in 34 minutes. It's it's that's reprehensible. That's absolutely reprehensible by KD. I don't know if he was sick. I don't know if his mama uh, sick of Patrick him Beverly. The game. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Patrick Beverly is just a legend. That's New York right there. He's not from New York, but that's like real fucking New York. Yeah, pa- Patrick, Patrick Beverly is on my list of guys I want to somehow get on the Celtics. Oh, me too. Me too uh, on the Nets. Sean Marks, could, could you, my man. Could you, imagine, <laughs> could you imagine a defensive lineup of Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Horford, and Baines? Yeah. It's, it's, are you scoring it's, a single point? <laughs> it's, are, are you not fighting three times oh every single God, game? Oh, my God. That would be... I would love to see Smart and Beverly on the same team. Oh my god, that would like, be amazing! I don't really want to see that. That's like scary. <laughs> like I love the Malice at the Palace, but I don't want to yeah. see it every fifteen minutes. Like, so, so yeah, <laughs> those, those those are two guys that are not uh, fake tough guys. Yep. All right, but but regardless, 
this game exposed a lot of cracks for Golden State. Uh-huh. And I still think that they, and I don't think this is debatable, I still think they beat the Clippers. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I would bet money that they still beat the Clippers, and I'd, I'd, bet that they, I'd bet that they probably win every game for the rest of the series. But... I'm saying Clippers and I'm saying Warriors and six. I think Clippers can get another fair. one. I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they won one at home. Mm-hmm. But Demarcus Cousins is now out for the rest of the year, and it's it's not like he was a huge important player for them. He's not even. He wasn't even one of their six most important guys. I think maybe mm-hmm. five most important guys. Yep. In game one, the uh, in game one, Golden State won by seventeen. And DeMarcus was a minus 17. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been great for them. That being said, having DeMarcus Cousins was not about beating the Clippers. Having DeMarcus Cousins was about beating the Rockets. Yes. And that's where I worry. And the Rockets catching them in the second round is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know teams don't really like tank and play for positioning like that. But playing Golden State earlier rather than later is huge for the Rockets. Hopefully, that that means that Chris Paul will still have like juice left in him. It means yeah. that <laughs> it means that they're co- fresh coming off a Demarcus Cousins injury. Chris Paul uh, nowadays is like it's like having a car whose battery whose battery dies every season, and you have to like jumpstart it yeah. and hope that you can make it home before <laughs> it breaking down again. That's more or less what Chris Paul is nowadays. But also, um. I believe Durant is only two or three more technicals away from being suspended a game in the playoffs. Wow, Patrick Beverly needs to keep doing his thing. He needs to keep doing his thing. I mean, and they still have, and they still have a minimum of three more games against the Clippers. It wouldn't shock me if he got another T or two. Durant, actually, I just gave it away. But would you have guessed that Durant led the NBA in technical fouls this year? No, it's insane. Would have bet like Marcus Morris or something. <laughs> <laughs> I isn't playing enough for that. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I, you know, the interesting thing about the, the boogie injury, like, kind of going off of what you said, is that now this means Kevin Looney has to play real minutes once again. Well, and, Kevon Looney was fantastic last or two nights ago. I keep saying yeah, last that's, night, that's two nights real. Ago. That's not gonna. That's that's the. Oh no, no, Kevon Looney's not gonna shoot seven of seven again. Yeah, and now, like as evidenced by game two, like. Andrew Bogut is playing real minutes. Like three yeah. years ago, like two, like two months ago, Andrew Bogut was fucking in Australia. Like and Andrew on the, Bogut played chilling well. on the coast Andrew with some Bogut kangaroos or some well. shit. Yeah, Andrew Bogut he did, did play, play well. well. He had nine he's rebounds like, in sixteen minutes. He's washed. Oh yeah, he's, but, but this that is, guy this cannot is, play crunch time for the playoffs. No, no, but no, but neither should Demarcus have been playing crunch time. Their crunch time lineup has to be Durant, Green, Thompson, Curry, Iguodala. That is their best lineup. It, it is always their best lineup. I don't care if DeMarcus is there or not. That's their best lineup. Cool. But this makes their bench a whole lot worse. Now, and- I want to do I want to do here, though, two minutes or whatever on raving about Lou Williams and Montres Harrell. Oh, my God. Fantastic. I can't Fantastic. say enough good things about these guys. And so Lou Williams... I have never in my life seen a player like Lou Williams. I always thought Lou Williams was kind of like a better version of Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. Lou Williams is a star. I- He's got some Isaiah Thomas in him from the Celtics. Lou Williams game. is a star. A star star. He, he, 
I mean, he had 30, 36 points last night. You watched the fourth quarter. It was just him hitting clutch shot after clutch shot after clutch shot. This dude is unflappable. And, and him and Harold run the pick and roll. It's insane. You know what's happening. You know they're running a pick and roll. You know Lou Williams is coming off to the left. He's never going to the right. He's going to the left, and then he's taking some wonky shot or whatever, or, or he's throwing up a lob to Harold or giving it to him down low, and you still can't stop it. Harold didn't miss a shot last game. He was 9 for 9. Mm-hmm. Now, no, he was just fantastic. Now, here's my concern for the Clippers. You basically get the best possible game out of Gallinari, Beverly, Harold, and Lou Williams. And it still takes this kind of effort to beat Golden State. Mm-hmm. In addition to Durant only taking eight shots. That being said, this, this, this series is going to be fun, the rest of it. I'm curious to see what happens in L.A. I'm curious to see how they keep it going. But we got I agree. more series and, to get to. And really quick, this just makes... The Clippers, every every game the Clippers are competitive against the Warriors, this makes their pitch to Kawhi and KD and even Kyrie, it just makes oh, this yeah. pitch better. I oh, mean, yeah. these, this supporting cast with uh, SGA, Shamet, um, Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Harrell, um, even Gallo if they don't want to. Also to underrated here, like, yeah. underrated here, the Clippers have the best offer for Anthony Davis. I agree. I agree. Uh, you o- I mean, you offer, let's say, SGA, Gallinari, Harrell, and the Miami pick, and Zubach, maybe. Uh, uh, he might be a free agent at the end of this year. But whatever. You, off- you offer those three guys in the Miami pick. That might be better than the Boston Tatum offer, unless Boston is loading it with draft picks. It, it really could be. And if you're AD, I mean, still LA. It's, yeah, I mean, it's still the Staples Center. I mean, then then you can have a lineup of Anthony Davis and Kevin, or, or sorry, Kawhi Leonard, and that might actually be the best team in the league at that point. And, and you get Steve Ballmer doing his dance moves on the sideline. Shout oh out to God, Steve I Ballmer. You know what I'm saying he's doing doing the Running Man on the sideline. Someone needs to teach <laughs> Steve Ballmer how to Millie Rock. He's right, so, teaching him a two step. You know what I'm saying? Steve Ballmer, legendary, so, legendary. So the, ne- so the next series we want to get to here is Denver San Antonio, tied one one. I picked Denver in five. I believe you said Denver in seven. I mean, sorry, sorry, I mean, sorry. San Antonio. I picked San Antonio in five. You picked San Antonio in seven. Yes. So, sure. my after game one, and up until like the third quarter, my five game prediction was looking pretty good. <laughs> yep, it was. And then Jamal Murray got hot. And then Jamal Murray got hot, which is something that I would not have believed after game one. Mm-hmm. Because he in game one he straight up choked, and yep. I think that not only in the series but in the playoffs and in the future, the Nuggets will go as far as Jamal Murray goes. Yes. If, yes. if Jamal Murray needs to have three more games for them to win this series of the magnitude that he did last night, yeah, so that's he came through. He did his thing, and the Spurs didn't even play badly. No, the Spurs no, kind of reminded no. me of the Nets last game. Like they didn't even play badly. They just no, the Spurs Murray just the did Spurs his thing. The Spurs didn't play great last game. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they just didn't really they just didn't really play that well on defense. Aldridge, Rosen, and White did their thing on offense. Yes, but the rest of their cast they didn't hit their threes. They were five of eighteen from three, and the Spurs are never going to be a three point shooting team. But you at least you at least need to shoot like what twenty percent. I mean, sorry, not twenty. I meant like like thirty percent, thirty five percent, somewhere around there. 
they were at like 26% or whatever, 5 of 18. 100%. They're just, their four through nine guys are one of their strengths and have always been one of the strengths on these Spurs yeah. teams, and they just didn't come through. Like, Marco Bellinelli took five shots last night. That yeah. just did not happen. He needs to take, and Rudy Gay took nine shots. He was two of nine. And yeah. I think that those numbers need to be reversed. I want Marco Bellinelli taking 10 shots because he can still knock down threes. He can still get fouls off of threes. Bellinelli is still one of the better three-point well, shooters Rudy, in the league. Rudy, Rudy Gay, I thought, played decent defense during the game. Yeah. And I thought that he did a pretty good job on, uh, on like, Will Barton and whoever else they had playing the, playing the three. Mm-hmm. That being said, the, the, the Nuggets don't win that last game without Malik Beasley. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He came in and totally changed the energy of the game. And he's what led into the fourth quarter Jamal Murray run. Now, I still think San Antonio wins the series. But I'm not as confident about it because I I didn't think Jamal Murray was going to have a wake-up game like this. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think game three going into the Spurs obviously having home field advantage now because they, yeah, they the won Spurs game have one. The, the, Spurs have best, the Spurs have the best home court in the NBA. And they were, they were like they were like something like twenty four and eight or something on at home this year. They have yeah. the best home court advantage. So I they think Pop is to gonna, win. yeah. I think Pop is gonna be able to mute Murray next game, and I think that I, I I say Spurs in game three. Um, I would I would probably say this this series gets. I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes Spurs Nuggets Spurs Nuggets Spurs Nuggets Spurs. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Spurs win Game Seven on the road. I can see that happening. That being said, also wouldn't shock me if the Spurs win the next two games at home, just Uh because Jamal Murray basically had one and a half, sorry, one and three quarters really bad games. Uh He's had a quarter of a good game going into San Antonio. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be. It's it's not it's not going to be easy, and the Spurs will come fired up. Role players always play better at home. That's the and same reason. To. That's the same reason why I'm not counting out OKC yet. Is because role players play better at home. Yeah, Bellinelli, Bertans, Gay, Mills, Forbes, and Jakob Pertl actually had a pretty good game last night. But those guys need to step up and come through. That's what yeah. wins the Spurs this series. All right, last series here in the West: Houston, Utah. They've only played one game. They play again tonight. Uh, as we're recording this, it's about it's about one two o'clock on Wednesday, so we haven't had the Wednesday games yet. But as we've watched this so far, Houston beat Utah pretty pretty handedly. Utah was kind of feisty early, but it didn't really last that long, and they ended up losing by thirty two. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I I had the the Rockets winning in seven. I barely, I almost picked the Jazz, but I had the Rockets winning in seven going into the series. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly what I picked now, but I, I believe think you I said Rockets in six, right? Something I think like that, that. that sounds about right. Yeah, I might want to change that to Rockets in five. Ooh. It's, it's. I mean, you watched you watched that game, and they they did not do a good job on defense, especially especially in especially in that that fourth quarter. They allowed forty points to the Rockets in the fourth quarter, thirty nine points. The fourth quarter was a complete shit show, and they actually the the ja- the uh, Rockets were up like I think ten at halftime, and then the the Jazz cut it down to like five, I think midway through the third, and then after that it was all downhill. And uh, I actually Rock- liked the Rockets were up sixteen at halftime, something like that, yeah. And I thought that 
actually, in the beginning of the game, I actually really liked what the Jazz were doing as far as they Harden didn't take a shot until the game was in the double-digit figures. Um, and I, I thought that they did a good job with Favors and Ingles early on, and Rubio looked pretty good early on, even though yeah. that subsided. But I think that the Jazz are going to win. I, I think the Jazz can win game two. I, th- I can completely see that happening because this is, yeah. this is Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder, the floor is yours. Show us that you deserve to be uh, named in the among the ranks of Brad Stevens and Doc Rivers now and Spolstra. This is your chance for us to include your name among those people. I think, I think Snyder's already one of the best coaches in the league. but And I thought that they did actually – I mean, James Harden was 11 of 26. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Here's the problem. Eric Gordon, 17 points. P.J. Tucker, 11. Capella, 16. Chris Paul, 14. Daniel House Jr., 11. Uh-huh. Gerald Green, 9. Kenneth Fareed, 11. They got killed by the non-Harden players. And there's there's two mindsets that you can take into these games. It's, do you let Harden—and this was always the thing with, like, LeBron— do you let the supporting cast kill you, or do you let— LeBron kill you and it's the same thing now do you let do you let Harden kill you or do you let the supporting cast kill you and they kind of really did neither I that's a really good point that's a fantastic point because I remember the Nets beat the Rockets in overtime earlier this year thanks to my man Spencer Dinwiddie we will get to him later obviously I was at Brooklyn <laughs> in the uh, Brooklyn in this bitch but um uh what was I gonna say but anyway, the Nets beat the Rockets in overtime, and uh, Harden had like 60, but they were yeah. able to mute his supporting cast so effectively that they won the game. Yeah, that's always, that's always my feeling with those games. It's, it's if one single player beats you, then you kind of just have to say, so be it. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't let him shoot and stuff, but you can't let the supporting cast kill you. You can't lose because... You can't lose because Daniel House hit three threes and mm-hmm. Eric Gordon hit three and P.J. Tucker hit three and yep. Gerald Green. Kenneth Fareed hit a three. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice that I'm looking at the stats right now. I, dang. Okay. But you can't you can't let that happen. It's It's one thing if Harden hits eight threes in a game that you kind of just have to live with. You can't live with the rest of the supporting cast getting hot. Mm-hmm. So... So in tonight and in the future games, I'd like to see Utah and specifically players like like Royce O'Neal and Jay Crowder, who are turnstiles on defense in Game One, by the way. Yeah, and and I guess Cephal- you can throw Cephalosha into this too, uh-huh. who was a, who was a minus eighteen on the game. Uh-huh. They have to. They really have to watch the shooters. One of the things that happens is they guarded the first pass, but not the second pass. Uh-huh. And when Harden drives and he's looking to dish, they guarded the dish decently well. They did not guard the swing pass. And that's where you get into the wing defenders, and that's their problem. Uh-huh. So you have to make sure you're doing that. You can't panic on James Harden driving. James Harden and James Harden, it's not like it's not like he was it's not like he was crazy. I mean, James Harden only took three free throws that game. Uh-huh. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna call it. They're, they're gonna let you play a lot more. Just trust your defense. Trust Rudy Gobert down low uh-huh. to not foul and to not give up easy shots and focus on the shooters instead. I agree. And Donovan Mitchell also needs to really come correct in game two. He is 
eighty percent of the Jazz offense. Oh yeah, you can't. Jonathan Mitchell can't shoot. Can't shoot thirty five percent and when. Yes, that is completely true. And I th- and Joe Ingles needs to step up too. I was thinking the other day. Um, Joe Ingles Joe- took four shots. That's a problem. I heard Joe Ingles' name is Jingle Juice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a weird name. It sounds so, like, it's not, Jingle Juice sounds like something from a porn movie. <laughs> let me, let me so what, jingle what, juice. <laughs> what player what player did i pick in our x factors for the jazz do you remember i'm sorry about that that was really <laughs> awful i'm just gonna ignore it <laughs> <laughs> i forget who was it was it Ingles? i picked i picked jay crowder yeah jay crowder was one for nine this game so jay crowder was a complete shit show points. he was a shit show on offense and defense they need they need good jay crowder they need they need Kyle Korver to not take zero shots in ten minutes. Uh-huh. They need. It's a problem when Jay Crowder takes nine shots, Korver takes zero, and Ingles takes four. Mm-hmm. This is just a problem with shot distribution. Yeah, and I think that the, the two things that we've pointed out, obviously, you with the wing defenders and guarding the first pass, and in this shot in this shot distribution, I think that these are two extremely fixable things. But yes. I think Snyder being a very good coach that he will be able to fix this going into game two and that's why i have the jazz in game two tonight i'm still i'm still going houston in game two but we will see let's move on to the eastern conference Uh now because this is technically a playoff series we have to talk about it milwaukee detroit (laughs) uh let's just get this over with in about five seconds here uh milwaukee beat detroit by like 40 or whatever 35 um they never trailed during the game. They led by 43. Blake Griffin's probably going to be out the whole series. I believe I said Milwaukee in five. I'm changing it to four. Holy, this this series is over. I'm not. I'm I'm probably not going to watch more than the first quarter of this game for the rest of the series. You're going to watch the first quarter of this game? I mean, I mean, I'll watch it. <laughs> I guess. You don't I'll, have anything I'll better to it, do. I'll put it. I'll put it on my laptop while I'm also watching the Celtics on the big TV. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm not going to primarily watch this game, <laughs> but this series right, is that's over. Excusable. Agreed? That's excusable. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. I don't even, I don't even really want to spend time on this. They shouldn't even have to play Giannis in like game four. Play Giannis oh, for like they, a half. They should, they, they're, they're main guys. They, Giannis should not be playing over 32 minutes a game in this series. Yep. I agree. All right. Next series. Boston, Indiana. Mm. Boston won game one by 10 which is a much closer score than the game actually was. Mm-hmm. There was a realistic chance that game that that um, Indiana was going to score less than 20 points in that half, in the second half. Yeah. I have never seen a combination of defense and terrible offense like that. They scored <laughs> 74 points in 2018. Sorry, 2019. That's really it's really reprehensible. I mean, it's just like it's it's hilarious watching old games and like the Nets and Nets and the Pistons in like two thousand three were like seventy four yeah. to sixty eight after the entire game. Like, how the fuck does that happen? Or or my personal favorite, um, he, or uh, Charlotte lost to Indiana in overtime, and the final score was like seventy two to sixty or something. Yeah, damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. It was like the Larry Johnson years, or well, uh, what was? <laughs> But now here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with this. The Celtics, their defense was fantastic in the second half. The first half, I thought it was questionable. They went into the half losing. But it just, it felt like throughout the entire game, 
And this was something that I said before the game, but it didn't even occur to me that it was going to be to this extent. Who the hell is scoring on Indiana? It's it's bad. It's there it's... was there was one possession. There was one possession, and I was watching the uh, the uh, the lo- the Boston local broadcast because I like Mike and Tommy, and it's, I find it more fun to watch. And I can't stand a lot of the national commentators. Uh-huh. But you texted me because you were watching on the national broadcast. Yeah. That, that Darren Collison had Al Horford on him, and Marv Albert called that a mismatch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many minutes of basketball Marv Albert has watched, <laughs> but Darren Collison being guarded by Al Horford is not a mismatch. No, it is. It's a mismatch the other way. Oh, yeah. It's a good <laughs> for the Celtics. I feel more comfortable with Al Horford guarding Darren Collison than, than Kyrie. <laughs> now, now, I thought that Kyrie had a few mental lapses in the first half on defense, and I know I texted you about that during the first half. Yeah. Second half, he was fantastic. Fantastic. On offense and defense, he owned the third quarter. He locked down on defense. He drew a charge. He, he played Kyrie Irving NBA Finals-level defense that second half. Mm-hmm. First half, he played regular season, game 70 of the season defense. Second half, he played it finals level defense, and that is the story of the game. The Celtics will go as Kyrie Irving goes. Now that Marcus Smart isn't there, Kyrie Irving is entirely the the emotional leader of the team. It sucks Absolutely. that it has to be this way because I don't really love that. <laughs> and yeah, it's not Marcus, a good thing nowadays. That's and, not Mark- good. And there are very few people in the league I'd rather I'd rather have as the emotional leader of my team than Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. But Kyrie Irving tried his ass off in the second half. Celtics did really well in the second half. Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brown shut down Bogdanovich, and when when Bogdanovich doesn't have doesn't have it going, Indiana doesn't have it going. They have no one to give the ball to and say, okay, things aren't going well. Here's the ball. Corey Joseph had 14 points, and he was their high scorer. Yeah, this, it's not good. It's so, <laughs> so I still think I still think Boston wins in five. I think that Indiana will probably steal one in Indy. Mm-hmm. I I have two and main Al takeaways. Horford, and Al Horford is questionable for game two with with an illness. So we'll see. But I still think the Celtics win this series handily. I think it's already over. Um, I'm still saying I, th- I still think Indiana might be able to get two games, but I'd definitely probably say Boston and five is a safer bet. I have two main takeaways from last game. Sure. A, I've already told you this, but what the fuck is up with Kyrie's hair? Can he not? Does is he like too cheap for haircuts? Oh my I'm sure God. there's a fucking team barber. You can't go to the team <laughs> bar. Look at my man Yabusel. Yabusel looks wavy Yab- as hell Yab- every Sally. single game. Yeah. Okay, that's number that's number one. Um, number two, the the Celtics' biggest Achilles heel is not now the play of Gordon Hayward, who's looking. Who's very aggressive now, and I'm seeing these Gordon Hayward, a- Yeah, Gordon Hayward didn't shoot very well in game one. He was four of 12, mm-hmm. but he was aggressive. He took 12 mm-hmm. shots. That's the second most on the team. Exactly. The, the Celtics' biggest weakness is, not, not, is now not him. The Celtics' biggest weakness is the lineup that Stevens puts out there, which has Ter- Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris in it. That lineup yeah. is just— That, that lineup really, is a black— it's, 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 really it's an bad. atrocity. And like, do you remember the? Do you remember the one play in the first half last game where uh, Bogdanovich was oh, had a had a wide open fast break lane to the hoop and 
Rozier just kind of oh, like yeah, the soft foul. <laughs> okay, soft foul was just that was awful, terrible. And, Terry, and and then Terry <laughs> Rozier hit that crazy buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter, the the deep three pointer. <laughs> I thought Terry Rozier was a train wreck in that game. Yeah, he was one for six from the field. He was just out of control. I thought he had he had three fouls. He had a turnover. He was a plus minus of zero in eighteen minutes. And it just, it felt like throughout the game that the, and and he only played 18 minutes, which is not Mm -hmm. a lot. And most of those minutes also kind of came in garbage time. (laughs) That's, that's the Celtics biggest weakness. You just got to, other teams need to load up their lineup when those two guys are on the floor because it's not going to go well for the Celtics. That's all I have to say. And Marcus Morris had a fantastic game. Mm Mm-hmm. He was he was the reason that we in the first quarter he was the only Celtics player that scored above two points. No, oh, he looked good. He was he was hit, He was finally hitting the shots that he's been missing for the last month. So if that con- if that continues, great. If it doesn't, well, then this isn't great. Yeah. All right. The next series I want to talk about Toronto. Sorry, not Toronto. Uh, yeah, yeah, Toronto Orlando. Mm-hmm. Tied one one. Uh, out of nowhere, Orlando steals game one. I predicted Nobody a sweep for this series. Me too. Now, if you had bet, if you had said, "Hey, Will, I will let you give me ten dollars to make a hundred dollars that Michael Carter Williams outscores Kyle Lowry," <laughs> it's, it's a it's a kind of a safe bet, I'd say. I mean, looking looking at career resume, and I'm saying this, sense. I'm saying this with the understanding that Kyle Lowry has not been great in the postseason in his career. Mm-hmm. But on a night where Michael Carter-Williams scores 10 points and DJ Augustine scores 25, mm-hmm. it kind of is what it is. Yeah, and also I, I got a lot of joy in the um, in the fact that in, in, in the MCW's reaction to not getting fouled on that elbow to the face. Oh, that was, yeah. Bro, he lost his shit. He this did. is a reference only you and me are going to get, but it's like when, when you go to Wasaic and you find out you have to take a bus to Southeast instead <laughs> of taking the train. <laughs> That's more or less what it was. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, but I so, also found a lot of uh, amusement in the fact that after game one, I forget which commentator it was. It might have been Marv Albert or C-Web or someone like that. But someone, someone said, oh yeah, TJ Augustine. No, he's an above average. No, Stan Van Gundy. Bro, Stan Van Gundy. He said, ah, yeah, TJ Augustine. Above average starting NBA point guard. Yeah, DJ Augustine. I was like, what? <laughs> what? DJ Augustine was terrible game two. But now, now, now game two, Toronto blew them out. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, 22 points. Kawhi Leonard had like 45 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all is back to well. Orlando will sweep the rest of the series. I mean, sorry, yeah. not Orlando. Toronto will sweep the rest of the series. Yeah, Kawhi has something like 37 and 33 minutes. I mean, game but- one was... All game one was was a DJ Augustine here's, aberration. Here's, That's here's all it my was. problem. Here's my problem with game one, uh-huh. and this is on Nick Nurse. Uh-huh. I think he lost the game for Toronto. So. so tell me, in the NBA playoffs, why is Kawhi Leonard playing 33 minutes? Yeah, that's not good. Kawhi Leonard played 33 minutes. And Kyle Lowry, who was not good that game, played 33. Both of those guys are your two best players. They should be playing at least 36, 37 minutes. It's the playoffs. This is what you've been resting all year for. 
I agree, and I think Nurse probably just took the magic lightly in game one. Yeah. That the, 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 if, he want, if he wants to rest guys, the best uh, scenario for that is what happened last game as far as Kawhi only playing 33 minutes but scoring 37 points in 33 yeah. minutes, and they got to take him out early because they were up late yeah. fucking 30. That's I mean, when game you play one, 33 minutes when it's a blowout, not mm-hmm. when it's a three-point game. And I have to give Lowry credit because I was ready to come on this podcast and rip him to shreds after his game one performance because that looked more like more of the same that someone yep. who is getting paid the money he is just not showing up to the playoffs as it has happened in past years, obviously evidenced by the ghosts of LeBron just bending him and DeMar DeRozan over yep. the last the continually the, for the last few seasons. But Lowry came to play game two, and game one really, like I said before, it's just sometimes, you know, Weird shit happens in basketball. Like, there's not there's not an explanation for everything that happens on the basketball court. I mean, more or less, game yeah. one was like... You remember the movie Like Mike? Of course. It was like DJ Augustine found an old pair of Air Jordans hanging yeah, on an on a, yeah, on a electric wire. And, a and said, oh, fuck. I, I'm playing like, I can play like Kyrie Irving now when I'm wearing these shoes. And someone took yeah. his fucking shoes away and said, okay, you're DJ Augustine. That's yeah, what happened. And then in game two, he was like <laughs> one for nine. And that's more what to be expected. Yes. When do you think was the exact moment that Masai Ujiri realized that he was going to have to give Pascal Siakam a max contract? Um, I think it was probably a few weeks ago. Honestly, I mean, He's Siakam's been good. fantastic, man. He is good. He is a legit player. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the Raptors aren't going to be are, are, are not a team that's going to be in dire straits when, if Kawhi leaves the summer. Probably when he co- leaves the summer for the when Clippers. Like, the summer, yeah. It, 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 they're not. They're going to be fine. They're still going to be probably like the three seed in the East next yeah, year between, with Siakam. Between C- another year jump of Siakam. Remember, Ananobi hasn't played this series. He's probably out for a while with because he had his uh, an emergency appendix removal. Mm-hmm. But You can never count on Ujiri. I don't know how he gets these guys. He is... But one of the, the scouting gods of our generation, like he found he's every. Great, yeah, I mean, look, we we were everybody. Was, he was right about Bruno. He was right about Bruno Caboclo. He's here. Favorite, he's finally here. <laughs> one of my favorite tweets. I forget who wrote this, um, but someone said, "Masai Ujiri is so far ahead of everyone else that I guarantee Magic Johnson still hasn't heard of Bruno Caboclo." <laughs> Ass. That's a, that is a fact right there. That is facts right there. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, on to the next one. All right, on to the next one. Uh, last series that we got to talk about: Philly, Brooklyn, tied one-one. The PA State Rizzi stance of this podcast. You already know what the deal is. In two games, we have seen the best of Ben Simmons and the worst of Ben Simmons, and the best of the Nets and the worst of the Nets. But only one. But only like a quarter and a half of the worst of the Nets. Six so, quarters of the best of the Nets. Yeah, so here here's the difference in the game. In the third quarter of game two, Philadelphia set the record for most amount of points in a quarter and scored 51 points in the third quarter against the Nets. Up until that point, the Nets were playing very well, and I don't even... Jeez, I mean, the Celtics allow like 40 points in a quarter sometimes, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to throw my throw my phone through a window i can't even imagine how you were here i mean honestly i don't know if i damn what was i what, what was this last game what day was this this was on oh my app just glitched i believe it was two days ago so this was monday 
Yeah. I don't even remember this game. This game just kind of like, I don't know, passed it. (laughs) I don't remember the second half of this game. (laughs) Anyway, um... Uh, honestly, game two, I'm not even sweating it. A lot of people, I saw a lot of, you know, the the regular, uh, the usual suspects, the analysts are like, ah, oh, yeah, so it's Brooklyn's outmatched. No, bro, that's bullshit. Because you know why? Game two was just a perfect storm of events. And this happened for a quarter in the last Nets-Philly regular season matchup. And unlike a lot of these pundits, I actually, like, watch basketball. I watch the Nets. I, like, understand this team. And it was really just a perfect storm of events. Like I said, like, Embiid looked a lot better than he did game one. And at the end of the day, when, like, Boban and Mike Scott are knocking down hella shots, like, you kind of just have to tip your cap. And obviously, I think the, the Nets' biggest addition to Game 3, hopefully, if he's healthy, is Jared Dudley. J- Jared Dudley was a huge loss for last game. I think that yeah. was the reason. He was the reason behind that quarter because when a player is out, is on the court like him, with his leadership and with his instincts and with his good defense, with his spacing the floor, which the Nets really missed, because as good as I, much as I love my man Kuruts, he's been... He hasn't been very good this series. He's just been he just isn't knocking down threes. Yeah, he's also um, not he's also not the best defender. He's a little too skinny. Yeah, he's still he's gonna I think he's gonna make a, a jump next year, but um he's just a little out overmatched, overwhelmed by the playoffs right now. And Dudley obviously, as evidenced by game one, he wasn't. And one thing I was really mad about actually in game two is why Jared Allen got so many minutes and Ed Davis didn't. Ed Davis did a really good job on Embiid and Boban and uh, ben Simmons. Yeah, I was going to ask in the about paint that. Area. Ed Davis was fantastic in game one. I do not know why he played that many minutes in game two. I wonder if he was hurt or something because there's no rational excuse for that. Because I yeah, love Jarrett. He He's he one had, of the best shot blockers in the league already. But Jarrett needs to get big this offseason. He needs to. My man Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano, if you're listening to this podcast, shouts out to you. Mess off to a great start. Robinson Cano needs to give his HGH supply to Jarrett, oh to, to Jarrett Allen. That's what we need to do. We need to shoot up Jarrett Allen for next year because he needs here's, to get a lot bigger. Here's where I'm <laughs> mostly concerned. Mm-hmm. They, the, the, the Nets need to figure out, especially on offense, where their advantages are. And I don't think they did a very good job. And especially, here's the thing that I don't think the Nets did a good job doing. In game one, they did a very good job against Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. In game two, they got torched. Mm-hmm. I they, think Dudley, Dudley being out was huge. Dudley guarded Ben Simmons for a lot of game one. That's just, something people forget about. No, Dudley did a really good job against him game one, and he was out for game two. So I think that Dudley coming back in game three that's, is a that's huge fair. boost for the Nets. That's fair. That's fair, of course. But... I just, I look at it, and yeah, Dudley makes a difference, but they weren't, they were playing him totally different. Mm -hmm. Just the way they were guarding him. In game one, what they were doing, they were were doing a lot more like, create a wall when he's running at you. Game two, they were like, oh shit, like, like we need to guard the shooters. Yeah, I mean, the the Philly shooters were just knocking more shots down in game two, too. As far yeah. as Reddick did show up game one, Tobias Harrison show up game yeah. one. I think so, that the Nets will be able to make those adjustments, and, and I think the Nets – I picked the Nets to – I don't know if I want to pick the Nets to win game three, but they'll split They'll split this next two games. Well, yeah, my, Philly's my, still in six, though. Yeah, my prediction was Philly in six. I thought that they'd split the first uh, the first two home-and-homes. Also, I have two important things to get to. Three sure. important things to get to. Sure. A, I was really offended by Ben Simmons after game one complaining. Yeah, what, what just, was that? He was bitching about Philly fans booing him? 
Benson's just a pussy. He's just a pussy. That's that's bullshit. That is ridiculous. You know what, Benson is? This is professional basketball. If you don't like getting fucking booed, and I, I'm not a professional basketball player, so I can't speak. I'm sure it's not fun to get booed by a few thousand people in in Philadelphia. I'm sure it's not fun. But you know what? You signed up for this shit. Ben Simmons, you signed up for this shit. Yeah, and so also, also Philly especially... Fans. I don't know anything about Philly fans. I just know that they watch a lot of fucking you... movies, even though Stallone's a shitty actor. I know they like Meek Mill. Oh, no, don't say that. That's... Don't say yeah. that. Oh, yes, I'm saying that. Adrian, Adrian. Stallone is not a good actor. Anyway. I'm... Have you watched any recent <laughs> Stallone movie? He's a good actor. Now? Have you watched Creed? Have... Movie has gotten better. Maybe he's Have got... you I watched Creed? He's decent in Creed. He was, he was fantastic okay in Creed. Creed. Stallone just kind of stands there. He's like the Bobon of acting. He's not like not like Joel and Bede of acting. No, I think I think in Creed he showed I think in Creed he showed an entire new range of his acting that we haven't better seen. Better than Creed than the Rocky movies, I'll tell you that. He was better not, than the not, Rocky movies, yeah. Not, not Rocky One. Rocky One was fantastic. Rocky One was okay. There, 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 did work in Rocky Rome, by the way. That's legendary. There's legendary. A reason, there's a reason why he won like Best Actor for Rocky. I don't know. I think that was a lot of there were a lot of racist uh, movie reporters back then. Because he was always like uh, beating up the um, there was there's a lot of like really undercover like racism in the Rocky movies. I think that anyway. anyway what are you talking about? Let's get back. What are you talking about? His his trainer his oh, trainer was black, black. His trainer was black in the last three, and his best friend was black. They got better. They got better in in, in the at the end when like you, you think know, they got better they, by the oh. end. It got it got better as far as like, but they were definitely. Have some you seen Rocky Five? Suspect racial elements to no, the, the I early. I totally, movies. I totally disagree. I could not disagree with you more. <laughs> I feel like I feel like bro, you just pulled a Joe House and you were like, I would trade Jason Tatum for half a year of Kawhi. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about this. But here here's here's what I'm gonna say about Ben Simmons. After you shoot one of five from the three point or from the free throw line and are a minus twenty one. In a nine-point loss, you can't talk about the fans booing you. Yes. Yes. Okay, my thing number two is I want to shout out Richard Jefferson real quick because I actually did not – I over – I before I heard him talk about it the other day, I did not really pay any attention to the, to the mind, to the fact, because I didn't really watch the second half of the last game, that um, as far as uh, Joel Embiid elbowing Jared Allen in the face and laughing about it in the press conference. Yeah, that was a bad one. I don't really have – on paper, I didn't really think about it that much. But then when I thought about it again, I think the Nets need to send a message. And I think Ed Davis will send a message. He's in the, even though he's not really the person because I don't want to get him in foul trouble, I don't want him to be the person who sends the message. I'd rather it be someone like Ronnie Ron Jackson <laughs> who you could just throw in for a minute. But the Nets need to make a point early on in the next game with MB that there's going to be no toleration of this stuff. Because yep. it's not that much of a big deal, obviously, but you can't just let yourself be the punching bag. It's like being the person who gets bullied at school. You can't just, like, you know, go in the corner and give the bully your lunch or some shit. You got to, like, fight him, you know? You got to prove that, that – Yeah, they, 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 have, they have to stand up to it a little bit. They have exactly. to they – exactly. they, they can't just let him be literally push them around. I'm not even saying, like, elbow him in the face or something like that, even though I wouldn't exactly be crying about that myself. Here's, here's uh, my I problem. Can, like, body check him into the stands or something like that. Just something like that. Maybe maybe he can even uh, respond badly, and you can tee him up. Both, both guys can get teed up. Something like that, I think, is a really good idea. One of my problems with the Nets roster is you don't have, is you don't have an enforcer on your team. I agree. Ed Davis is the closest thing, and he's but not. But he's like, not. Enforcer, but he's you know? not. Yeah, I agree. You, you, don't, you don't have that, and, and I 
can't believe I'm saying him like this, but you don't have that Marcus Morris or that Aaron Baines or even that Terry Rozier. I mean, the South, the Celtics have multiple, but they also have more enforcers than anyone in the league. I agree. Even someone like Kendrick Perkins, like the Nets could really use Kendrick Perkins <laughs> just to go in and, and just like, I mean, that's, that's obviously one of the things that Sean Marks really needs to go into the free agency with. And the, Oh, the third thing I wanted to get to real quick, this is something that I, it, it stands out to me every game I watch of the Sixers. Bro, Bulbon's got some big ass ears. Yeah, he does. Bulbon's ears are huge. Bulbon's ears are so big. Like, Bulbon can smuggle drugs in his ears. When people oh. like body pack, <laughs> Bulbon can smuggle drugs in his ears. Like, that's how big they are. Even though that's not a bad idea. More people should, sm- you know what? Everybody like expects people to body pack smuggling drugs. People should smuggle more drugs in their ears. It's not a place many people would check. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're gonna wrap it up there. We're we're gonna wrap it up there after after whatever that rant was. <laughs> um, we we have a we have a great night of basketball coming up tonight. We have we have the Celtics and the uh, and Indiana. We have their game two. That's gonna be exciting. Um, in Boston, Al Horford's questionable. Philly, or sorry, not Philly. We have Milwaukee and Detroit playing tonight. That's Just forget about that one. I'm not. Um, yeah, forget about that one. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Houston and Utah. So we have a lot of good games coming up tonight. I'm excited. Thank you guys for listening. We'll we'll be with you guys next week with some of our more more of our opinions and analysis of what's been going on. So thank you for listening. If you're new, please give us a five star rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. We really appreciate it. And yeah, this is um. See you guys next week. Yeah, peace.